From the gray homestead in the heart of the Ozarks, this is Front Porch Anarchast. We're spreading the ideas of freedom and liberty from the front porch one episode at a time. Front Porch Anarchast. Freedom starts on your own front porch. And this episode starts now. I heartily accept the motto that government is best which governs least. Carried out, it finally amounts to this, which also I believe, that government is best which governs not at all. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Front Porch Anarchist. Hello, my name is Richard. I'm an anarchist, and this is my podcast. That's why I call this little shit show Front Porch Anarchist. Well, I hope wherever you are, you're nice and toasty warm. The weather finally changed here where I live in southwest Missouri. We've had quite the the last two weeks have been have been sort of it's been a roller coaster going into this polar vortex or whatever they're calling it. The forecast was for 14 days where the temperature was below freezing. And quite a few of those days were below zero, according to the forecast. So we knew it was going to be bad. We did our best to prepare for that, which well, there wasn't a whole lot we could do about it. We had some car trouble right at the beginning of all of this, so I had to take some time off, juggle cars. A neighbor was nice enough to let me use his truck for a while. I'm driving a borrowed car right now while I try to get the expedition fixed. So it didn't start off very well. And then, I mean, I know that they were forecasting snow, but they forecast snow quite a bit, and then we don't get any. But this time, we got quite a bit of snow. There was probably six inches on the ground. That doesn't count the drifts where, I mean, in some places it was a foot or more. And... For a couple of days, the high didn't get above zero or it hovered right around zero. And, and I'm talking Fahrenheit, not Celsius. And I, I know people up north, they're like, oh, well, that's nothing. Well, here in southwest Missouri, it's something because we're, we're, more, we're more used to hot weather than cold. This was pretty tough. We live in an old house that we're renting. The pipes froze. The uh, the person we rent from, though, they were really responsive. They came right out and helped us with that and got us going again there. But it was the hot water line that froze. It wasn't even a, a cold water line that froze. So we had cold water, but we didn't have hot water. That was, yeah, that was tough. And we didn't have it nearly as bad as the people in Texas had it. And our houses. Our, our house is, it's electric and propane, but it takes electricity to make the propane heater work. But I did stock up on on some cooking fuel so that if we had to, we would be able to cook, even if the power went out. And I also invested in a 20-pound bottle of propane to go along with the little propane heater that we already had. So we would have been okay even if the power had gone out. 
unlike many people down in Texas. And all of our animals survived. That was a great thing. We have outdoor dogs, and we have chickens. Now we have a rabbit, and we have some ducks. But they all made it. Do you have any idea how hard it is to keep fresh water available for animals when the temperature is 18 or 19 degrees below zero? It almost freezes as soon as you pour it into whatever you're pouring it into. So that was a trick. But we managed. The ducks have to have water, too, while they eat. And, I mean, that just, it's it's pretty tough. And the eggs, they froze just about as quickly as the chickens could lay them. So that was that was an experience as well. But we made it. Can't really complain. Everything... Everything pretty much survived. And now we're getting ready for spring. Actually, yesterday it was 76 degrees, I think. 76 degrees when it was almost 20 below at one point during this during this two-week period. And then we go to 76 degrees. And, you know, that's, that's 95 degrees. That's a 95 degree difference. It's amazing that the um, temperature can be that extreme. 18, 19 degrees below zero one day, and then a week later it's 76 degrees outside. But we had fun in the snow after the, after the really cold weather passed by. I was able to take the kids out, and we did some sledding down the hills out here in the pasture behind the house. So we had lots of fun with that. Now, I've been building this duck house that we're going to put our ducks in. I had to I had to postpone my work on that because all of the lumber froze. It's rough cut lumber, and it hasn't been dried out or anything. And it's oak and sycamore. It was so cold that that it froze, and it was you start working with it, and it would shatter. I mean, not like a a mirror or something but it would start cracking so I had to put that on hold but but yesterday I was able to get out and work on that and I I finished up the the rabbit run which is a six foot long two foot tall two foot wide cage I guess for back uh, lack of a better word that the rabbit lives in and she was happy to be able to get in that she'd been living in the tote for a couple of weeks there we'd just get her out every now and then but it was just so cold that it was hard to work on on this thing but i got it put together started back on the duck house i've almost have that finished you know if i just didn't have to go to work i could get a lot accomplished i'm i'm sure so that's an update from our homestead. Another update. When I was driving into work today, this is going to be a short episode, I'm sure. I'm tired. I just really wanted to do another episode to make sure I get one in this month. The last one was January 22nd or so. It's just, it's been, it's been a rough month and I just haven't found time to do this. But I was driving into work today. And I noticed that there were some flags flying at half-mast. 
or whatever they call that. So I looked it up to find out why, you know, to see what kind of life-shattering event happened and how and that would be solved maybe i don't know what the purpose of it is anyway solved by lowering the flags part of the way and what i found was is that joe biden issued some sort of proclamation however he does that to lower these flags to half mast because 500,000 people have died with COVIDs. All right, Joe. There's some real suffering going on in the world. Not only those people that that have that have actually died from that disease, but there are other things going on in the world as well, including the whole deep freeze thing where millions of people in Texas, I say millions, are there millions of people in Texas have been affected by this thing with the power going out and we could argue back and forth on why that happens my take on it is is that you know the u.s supply chain everything in the u.s the supply of everything in the u.s is predicated upon demand and it's it's on demand that's why whenever the weather forecast calls for snow or ice, all of the grocery stores run out of bread, milk, and eggs. It'll happen every time. I used to work in the in the grocery business back in the 80s and the 90s. And just let the weatherman say the word snow or ice. It didn't matter how much of a chance of that there was. It could be a 50% chance. It could be a 10% chance. And that grocery store, whichever grocery store I was working at at the time, would sell out of bread, milk, and eggs. And most of the time the forecast didn't hold up and there was no there was no snow, there was no ice, and that's kind of why I wasn't expecting any snow or ice this time. But with everybody rushing out there at the last minute to get their bread, their because of cat. black and white cat just came out of the shop doesn't see me in the in the car here we've been hoping that that the cats would come back after the after the temperature came back up because we have a mouse problem outside the mice i was working out in the shop and the mice would just come out and look at me i mean i could shoo them away but they would just run for a little bit and then turn around and look at me again So I'm kind of upset that this cat doesn't have a mouse in its mouth, but it just left. Dang, didn't even try. So back to the on-demand economy. Producers in the U.S., they, they are optimized to produce just what they need. It doesn't do them any good to hold inventories. They can just look at past sales and, you know, they can see how things are selling. They know how much they need to produce. But then when you have an event that comes along like the snow or the ice or, you know, whatever um, lockdown comes along and, 
and people want to start stocking up, any little change in the demand screws up the whole supply chain. And then you run out of toilet paper or you run out of milk and eggs or in the case of Texas, you run out run out of electricity because, I mean, hey, even electricity, they're set up to meet that demand. It doesn't pay for them to be ready to make more electricity because what would you have to do to make more electricity? You'd have to have power plants on standby that you wouldn't use except if there was a high demand. Or at least that's that's the way I see it. Maybe there was some other reason why they couldn't produce enough electricity. Maybe they couldn't get enough fuel, enough natural gas. But my point is they're geared to make so much electricity. If there's an increased demand in that, then it screws everything up. But I think in Texas they were trying to offset the the effects of demand on the supply chain by by doing some sort of dynamic charging people dynamically for the for the electricity they used so that they charge them more during peak demand times. I've I've heard some horror stories where they were sending people bills for like $5,000. If the power company sent me a bill for $5,000, well, they'd lose a customer because I wouldn't be able to pay $5,000 for a power bill. There's just no way I couldn't pull that off. Wouldn't want to either. So I'm not really sure why they sent that out because, I mean, how many people are actually going to pay that? And now they have government looking into all of that. And so I've gone way off on a tangent on all of that when I was talking about Joe Biden making a proclamation that these flags would fly at half-mast. My point with the Texas thing is there, there are people suffering from that. There are people suffering from this COVID thing. There are people suffering for all sorts of, all sorts of problems, cold government lockdowns, normal life, you know, getting sick outside of the COVIDs. But this man took time out of his day, he, even if he didn't write this proclamation, I mean, he had to sign off on it. There was somebody taking time out of their day to make this proclamation that because 500,000 people have died while having COVIDs, they should lower the magic sky cloth to halfway down the pole. It, to me, it's idiotic. I don't understand the whole pomp and circumstance of flags anyway. But in this case, I really don't get this. In fact, let me, I have this proclamation here. It's just two paragraphs, three paragraphs, I guess. If you can just hold, bear with me on this as I read it. Listen to this. As of this week, during the dark winter of the COVID-19 pandemic, more than 500,000 Americans have now died from the virus. That is more Americans who have died in a single year of this pandemic than in World War I, World War II, and the Vietnam War combined. On this solemn occasion, we reflect on their loss and on their loved ones left behind. We, 
as a nation, must remember them so we can begin to heal, to unite, and find purpose as one nation to defeat this pandemic. In their memory, the First Lady and I will be joined by the Vice President and the Second Gentleman for a moment of silence at the White House this evening. I ask all Americans to join us as we remember the more than 500,000 of our fellow Americans lost to COVID-19 and to observe a moment of silence at sunset. I also hereby order by the authority vested in me by the Constitution and laws of the United States that the flag of the United States shall be flown at half-staff at the White House and on all public buildings and grounds, at all military posts and naval stations, and all naval vessels of the federal government in the District of Columbia and throughout the United States and its territories and possessions until sunset February 26, 2021. I also direct that the flag shall be flown at half-staff for the same period at all United States embassies, legations, consular offices, and other facilities abroad, including all military facilities and naval vessels and stations. In witness whereof, I have hereunto set my hand this 22nd day of February, in the year of our Lord, 2021, and of the independence of the United States of America, the 245th, Joseph R. Biden, Jr. All right, to me, not to be callous toward people who have died from the COVIDs or whatever else, but to me, that's a bunch of crap. I mean, it really does nothing. It doesn't heal anybody. It doesn't unite anybody. I don't I don't get the whole thing. Maybe you could set me straight on on why this is so important for a man to dictate how how high to fly a flag. I don't get it. Probably never will. But I guess that's part of being an anarchist, right? If I bought into the flag thing, I really wouldn't be an anarchist. I think I'll just wrap things up right there. I mean, I really I don't really know what else to say about flags. <laughs> if you have a need for t-shirts or vinyl decals, though, I can help you out with that. Send me an email, frontporchanarchast at gmail.com. You could send me a message through Facebook Messenger. I've, I've, I'm shying away from that. I try to only log in on Fridays on Facebook. It's kind of pointless to do much more than that on there anymore. Basically, anything I post, they're threatening to kick me off if I post anything else. So I just post new episodes of the show and let Facebook be Facebook and everyone on there be who they are. You can find me on MeWe, Front Porch Anarchast. Pretty easy to find there. It's a real... Um, it's a real free-for-all over there, not for the faint of heart. And I just started a WordPress blog, I guess it's called. It's nothing spectacular. I just kind of filled in some blanks. You can reach me there, too. I think it's um, frontporchanarchast.wordpress.com. And, of course, you can always reach me through the through the uh, webpage for the podcast, which is anchor.fm slash front porch anarchist. And if you go there, 
you can leave a voicemail and you could be on a future episode of Front Porch Anarchist. But you know what? No one ever takes me up on that. I I realize this isn't a uh, that Front Porch Anarchist isn't a household name yet. I say yet, tongue in cheek, because I know it never will be. But surely, with the amount of hate mail that I get, somebody would like to say something about the show. If you would, uh, if you'd like to, you can just go to. Um, Anchor.fm slash front porch anarchist. There's a little microphone button. You push it, you can record a voicemail. Say whatever you like. As long as it's not um, as long as it's not too inappropriate, then I'll be more than happy to post it or to put it into a future episode of Front Porch Anarchist. And speaking of voice messages, I received a good voice message from a listener named Hayden. I received it a little bit too late. I had already recorded this podcast. I'm just kind of editing this in. But Hayden left a very good, uh, he asked a very good question, and I will address that question in the next episode of Front Porch Anarchist. So leave me a message, and I could also respond to yours. You can always leave me uh, an email message letting me know what you would like to hear in the show. Well, I said it would be short, and I believe this is pretty short. Maybe one of the short, it's one of the shorter episodes ever. And I do thank you for listening. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast of the Front Porch Anarchist. Like and share our page or send us a message at Front Porch Anarchist on Facebook.